Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Thursday edition of the program. Um, Not even sure how to begin. Last night's game, not only a loss, a bad loss, but a blowout on the road to hot shooting, very hot shooting, scorching on fire Penn State. They were unbelievable from behind the three-point line. It's hard to really know if it's just they shot the ball extremely well and we're going to make them regardless or if Indiana's defense uh, long range was that poor last night. But nonetheless, 18 three-pointers made by the Nittany Lions as they cruise over Indiana in a game that we did not classify yesterday as a must-win ball game, but we did say Indiana needed to show some improvements because there is a tough stretch of games coming up, and we're going to recap the game last night and obviously talk about what's ahead because it gets no easier. It's the Big Ten Conference. I don't think anybody expects that it's going to get much easier any game. Sure, there are teams that are better or not as good as others, but a very good, a very tough conference once again this year. And Indiana, despite some injuries, I know that has to count for something. I know fans don't want excuses, but uh, Indiana is really struggling to find their way. And when they meet up with a team like Penn State that shoots the ball as well as they did, uh, they're going to be in big trouble. And that's how things played out last night. Once again, Indiana got off to a bad start. And uh, the problems just worsened in the second half instead of getting better. Uh, One note here early in the show, uh, we do have a late addition to our play-by-play schedule of local high school sports. We have picked up a game tonight. We'll have uh, Jeffersonville, the girls, hosting New Albany. So we always talk about that big Jeff-New Albany rivalry. And, you know, I was looking at both teams' schedules just as we came on the air The girls' season is just about done. Uh, Jeffersonville has four games left. The Lady Devils, under Coach Corey Norman, in his first year are 11-8 on the season. New Albany having a really, really rough year. They have just three wins so far this year. Uh, Jeffersonville tonight, they've got a total of five games left the rest of the way. And then I saw something earlier that January 22nd, a week from this Sunday, that is the IHSA pairings for the girls' state tournament. So, Just a reminder that not only are we into the new year by 12 days already, but that the postseason for girls will be here very soon. And, you know, really once the postseason for girls gets here and is underway, the boys is here as well. So uh, we'll have that New Albany-Jeff game tonight. Jeff, a big favorite in that contest tonight, but want to give the girls some love. We build up that rivalry. It's a special thing here in southern Indiana. And now that that Jeff-New Albany girls game is on a Thursday night, which is good, it kind of gives them, I think, 
their own night to showcase that game as opposed to going on a Friday or Saturday when there are a lot of other boys' games going on in the area. Uh, and sometimes those two schools, their boys' teams, would play uh, when that weekend game would take place. So good for that, and we'll be there tonight, be on the air about 7.15 with our pregame coverage from Johnson Arena, a great place to take in a game. I love the little crow's nest up in the corner. Uh, we get a good vantage point of the gym, of the court, and uh, look forward to being there Friday as well for the Floyd Central Jeff game. And then Saturday we'll be over at Providence uh, Saturday evening for the Jeffersonville and Providence game as well on the boys' side. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here, we'll uh, get through some announcements, and then we'll have our daily headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. We'll break down last night's game. We'll go through the box score. We'll talk about a few things simply that just did not go well for Indiana last night, and a few exemplary things I thought for the Hoosiers last night, or for Penn State, excuse me, last night. Obviously, their shooting was at the top or will be at the top of our list when we discuss that. Uh, an IU football note about a potential quarterback candidate uh, for next season. We'll discuss that here in just a bit. And uh, a few other notes here in our opening segment. Also, later in the show, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is with us. Alex is always with us on Thursdays, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. And uh, Todd, uh, I should say Alex, will help us break down the game in the loss last night. And really, man, when a team shoots that good, I think there's only so many things you can do, but we will talk about it. We will look ahead to what's next for Indiana on the schedule. And I'll tell you what, uh, you look at some of the results, and I don't even know that I have the, the Louisville uh, result in front of me from last night, the uh, Louisville men's basketball score. But this week has been, been a rough week. I know we talk a lot of IU and a lot of Big Ten hoops here on the program, but this has been a rough week for local basketball, the power three that so often, uh, especially Kentucky and even Louisville at times, has uh, been the headline of college basketball. I mean, in, in Kentucky, a terrible loss to South Carolina. Uh, earlier this week, Indiana gets blown out at Penn State. Louisville's had plenty of struggles as well. So uh, not a good time, not a good week, but really not a good season overall uh, for the, the locals. It's Purdue in northern Indiana that is holding things down. They've been number one, and they've had some ups and a few downs, but more ups for sure. They uh, obviously an interesting team to watch as we move into the back half of January uh, in the Big Ten Conference. Uh, but we'll take a look at that. Alex will join us. A busy show. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Uh, let's take a look or remind you about the Thornton's text line. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Plenty of ways to reach us. Uh, Love to hear your questions, your comments on the game last night. Uh, What do you have to say about that loss for the Hoosiers? What do you have to say about what's coming up for this Indiana team? Again, a number to share your opinion, to ask questions of Alex. 502-414-1450 is the number you can text us on each day during this show. And the Thornton's text line 
uh, is brought to you each day by Thornton's. And just a reminder that you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito, and any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register today for Refreshing Rewards to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. And let's get into some of our headlines from the day. We've got to start with the IU game yesterday. 85-66 is the final score, and I'm sure that most of you listening are diehard IU fans that join us every day, uh, watch the game last night. Uh, but Indiana was close with Penn State's for, I don't know, was it the first 10, 11, 12 minutes of the game uh, on the road last night, but then really seemed to lose it defensively. Indiana's offense went down tubes, and I think Indiana trailed 16-15, uh, just over nine minutes left in the first half. That's when Penn State really began its hot three-point shooting. Nine three-pointers made in the opening 20 minutes. Indiana had just one three-pointer in that opening 20 minutes of the game. Five three-pointers came in the final nine minutes of the first half. Indiana down 37 uh, to 26 at halftime, and then things would get even worse uh, in the second half. Uh, Jalen Pickett, he had five points and two assists in the first half. He obviously did better for Penn State in the second half, but Indiana went into halftime down 11 with Penn State stud, who's an all-Big Ten candidate, uh, having a very low product production game. Normally he leads them in all three of the major categories. Uh, Indiana had a run there early in the second half to get within, I think it was four or five points, around 16 minutes left in the second half, and uh, had it back to five at another point in the game as well, but then Penn State would push those back out to double figures uh, basically by about the 14, 13-minute mark of the second half and went on to balloon their lead from there. So uh, for Indiana, Trace Jackson Davis, solid again. It wasn't his best game by any stretch of the imagination, but 14 points and 11 rebounds. He logged 33 minutes for Indiana other double-figure scores, Jalen hood Shafino was solid at 5 of 15 from the field, just 11 points after a 33-point outburst over the weekend. Uh, also, Trey Galloway uh, with 10 points in the contest. Last night, Tamar Bates also had 11 on 4 of 9 shooting as well. So uh, that's a look at some of the leaders for Indiana. As far as takeaways from the game last night, Indiana's defense uh, is nothing like what it was earlier in the season. And it's really hard to get a gauge on it because they were playing such mid-major, small Division I-level opponents. And it's easier, to way easier to look so much more uh, big and use size to your advantage and uh, everything else when you're playing a team that's not a Big Ten team, not a high-major team in the world of college basketball. So... Uh, I know a lot of frustration out there right now for IU fans, and uh, definitely things are headed to the direction of Indiana being a bubble team. And I've been on record here the last few days saying that I never bought into Indiana for sure being a front runner for the Big Ten championship. I thought there were just too many question marks. The hype is fun, it's good for fans, it's good for this radio show. But I also never thought that Indiana would get to uh, the point of being a bubble team. I really felt like they would be in a solid position in their schedule, with their resume, in the conference standings all season long. And Indiana quickly 
is trending to a point where they are going to be a bubble team. And the scary thing, I think, is the stretch that is ahead for this team. Obviously, injuries are major right now. Xavier Johnson and Race Thompson, uh, very impactful. I think this also can be a wake-up call for fans and for anybody that watches Indiana's games detailed in and out every game, that both of those guys, even when they frustrate you, even when maybe their production isn't what you think it should be or could be, uh, they do have big roles on this team. Xavier Johnson uh, obviously handling the basketball, helping set up the offense. I know the offense struggles at times, but he does play a key role in that. And Race Thompson, obviously the leadership and the size and just another body that he offers, him not being there is a, is a big difference. Indiana down to 11 scholarship players. Really eight players are in the mix for minutes. You've got Leal, Banks, and Duncombe that really are rarely uh, inserted into the game. Uh, but you know that that's not an excuse. Um, this Indiana team still has some talent. Jalen Hood, Shafino. I think when you think of talent, comes to the to the top of your mind. It was a rougher night for him last week. The uh, reigning Big Ten Freshman of the Week after some big games last week. But uh, obviously, Hood Shafino loaded with talents. Uh, loaded with talents. He did take a team high 15 shots. He hit just five of those last night. His defense, I did not think, was solid throughout the game whatsoever, but that really was across the board uh, on this Indiana team. So the question is, can Mike Woodson, a guy that played at Indiana, went through this Big Ten schedule, played professional basketball, has been around the game at the highest of levels for his whole career, can he and the coaching staff get this deal turned around? Because it's headed in a not good situation, especially with the two injuries that appear to be I don't want to say season-ending, but perhaps they could be. Perhaps they're long-term injuries. Perhaps we don't see Xavier until later in the year. Who knows about Race Thompson? But definitely reason for concern with what is ahead for Indiana. There is no question about that. And things are going to do nothing but get even tougher as you look at other Big Ten scores across the conference. Uh, there is reason, I think, to, to panic a little bit, just to be quite honest. When you look at this Indiana team uh, with a 10-6 and 6 record, a pretty good non-conference resume after these losses, three in a row now, uh, Iowa, Northwestern, and Penn State. Next up is Wisconsin coming up on January 14th, a Saturday. And uh, so obviously a tough one there. Then it's Illinois. Uh, that one's on the road in Champaign on January 19th. Michigan State, that's a tough three-game stretch. Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan State, Minnesota on January 25th is maybe the next game you could look at and say that it shouldn't be easy for Indiana, but they should win that game. That's a must-win, I think we have to say at this point, for Indiana. So definitely some concerning moments here for this team. Uh, we'll see how things continue, but a rough stretch coming up and a offer so far here in 23, the year 2023, for this Indiana team. One quick IU football note, some reports out there by 247 Sports National Football writer Chris Hummer that uh, report IU might be the front runner for a quarterback transfer from Oregon State named Chance Nolan. So when you think about IU football, which, boy, they had their struggles this year, uh, obviously the quarterback situation is going to be a key position next year. And uh, Nolan, uh, an injury-shortened season in 2022 for Oregon State. I hate to say this or jinx anybody, but injury-shortened seasons 
seems to be uh, kind of a trend for IU football, to be quite honest. And so, nonetheless, uh, that's a name to maybe watch here in the offseason as far as football goes and the quarterback situation for next year. A couple texts on the Thornton's text line. I want to get to uh, and read both of these uh, to you. First texter says, Matt, I don't even know where to begin. This is a bad, poor, fundamental basketball team. Frustrating to watch. No adjustments in the game or offensive sets. I'm speechless to what I am seeing. I, I get that. I feel the same way in many regards. Another texter writes in, Penn State did a good job of spreading us out when they uh, were on offense. I thought we did a poor job stopping dribble penetration, which led to easy buckets around the basket or us helping and them kicking it out for an open three. We give help sometimes when we don't need to, leaving people open for threes. And finally, sometimes we were lazy and slow on switches on defense. That's very astute uh, observation. I agree with all those comments. And I think last night was one of those nights where Penn State uh, was red hot. I think they were going to make a lot of those regardless, but I agree absolutely the IU defense, I think, contributed at least in helping the Penn State offense get confidence and knock down some of those shots. And sometime when you've hit a couple of them or you're on a roll, you're just destined to have one of those games. We've seen it in youth games, high school games, college games, whatever it may be. But uh, definitely a tough night for IU basketball last night. You get your questions and comments in in the next segment for our guest, Alex Bozich. That number, the Thornton's text line, is 502 502- 414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We'll head to a commercial break. Alex Bozich is with us in segment two today. We'll recap a really bad loss. Not just a road loss, not just a conference loss, but a loss on the road, a blowout on the road to a Penn State team. And I'm really curious to follow Penn State the rest of the way. I know they shot it outstandingly last night, but I'm curious to see where they finish and what Coach Shrewsbury Uh, can do with that program this season. We'll head to a break. Alex is next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Thursday program. Thursday means Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall joins the program. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture where you can save 25% during their pre-grand opening sale at all three locations. They've got two in downtown New Albany and their newest location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. Also, the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Had some good points, good comments in the first segment that I read. Love to get your questions for Alex here in this segment. Alex, uh, boy, a lot to talk about from last night, and none of it is good. This Indiana team loses. They are blown out on the road. Penn State shot the long ball amazingly last night. How much of that was just a hot night, a big night for them, and how much of that did IU's lackluster perimeter defense play into that? 
Uh, I mean, you always have to step up and make the shots, right, man? I mean, it's not, it's, it's, it's tough uh, to make 18 three-pointers in a game, but I think a lot of it had to do with uh, Indiana's just really, to be honest, uh, indifferent approach to defense. There was clear from uh, looking at this team coming into the game and the scouting report, it was clear what Penn State's going to do. They, they take and make a lot of three-pointers, and you have to be prepared for that. And Indiana, it wasn't just a breakdown at certain points of the game. It was basically the whole game. I mean, from basically the nine-minute mark in the first half through the end, Penn State was spreading the ball on the floor and getting open three-pointers, and Indiana wasn't uh, defending at a level that was anywhere close to good enough to, to get stops. I mean, it's as simple as that. Um, you know, having two guys on the court that both made seven three-pointers, uh, that doesn't happen too often. So credit goes to Penn State for making the shots. But I think if you go back and look at uh, how Indiana defended in the game and how they've really been defending now for, for several weeks, uh, there's uh, there's just a lot wrong with this with this team right now uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, there's really no other way to, to sugarcoat it or, or, or uh, say it other than that. It, it's been uh, really bad uh, defensively here now for, for quite a while. Really since the, uh, I mean, the Nebraska game, they, they played well. That was really their, their last win over a, a, you know, a respectable team. They haven't really beaten anybody of consequence since that. Uh, and that's kind of started with that Arizona game where Arizona kind of did whatever it wanted. And uh, it's been now uh, a pretty decent amount of time where Indiana is just not good enough defensively. Alex, you wrote uh, one of your uh, capsules about uh, important things from last night's game. That This is on Mike Woodson to turn this season around. Obviously, uh, Indiana, the position he has is one of the more scrutinized positions in all of college basketball. And IU fans, as they do every season, when things, and it seems to happen a lot, seems not maybe to go the way you think they should or could. And this year, on top of that, you got this great hype that was built around this team. Uh, I mean, there was mentions of Big Ten championships almost unanimously uh, by media folks out there. There was even a few mentions of Indiana could be a breakthrough Final Four team this year. And there's a lot of basketball left to be played. But uh, Mike Woodson is feeling the heat right now. And as you wrote uh, last night or this morning in your recap, I think a lot of this is on Mike Woodson if he's going to fix this, improve this, and ultimately turn the season around. I mean, it has to be. I mean, there's no other way to. I mean, we, Matt, we've. I don't know exactly when you started your show, but I think I've been on pretty much every week uh, for the most part since it started. And we've had these conversations going back to Tom Crean. We had them with Archie Miller. Um, and now we're going to have them with Mike Woodson. This is, uh, as I wrote, the most really the most scrutinized job probably in the state of Indiana as the coach at, at IU. Um, things are going well. Uh, people are happy. You're a celebrity. People want their picture. They want their autograph. They want to keep you with praise. Uh, when things aren't going well, <laughs> excuse me, it's, uh, it's quite the opposite. People are angry, they're upset, and they want answers. And right now, not a lot of answers are being provided by this Indiana team. Alex Bozich inside the hall. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Uh, you know, Alex, I, I was going to get into this a little bit later, and I still want to come back to some more things from the Penn State game. But 
the letter Trace Jackson Davis shared on Twitter a, a week or so ago, I've seen some screenshots people have sent me where Miller Cop and a couple of IU players, I think also Xavier Johnson, fired back at some fans that made some, some you know, just nothing serious, but just goofy tweets about, boy, this season's tough or not going well or whatever. Uh, and then, of course, you talk about Mike Woodson, the head coach. He's not, you know, got into any kind of public battles, and I don't expect him to with fans or anyone else, but a very, very much scrutinized position he is in. It was the same for Archie Miller and Tom Green and Bob Knight and everybody that's ever been in that position, I'm sure. But uh, it's amazing to me. I think year in and year out, discussion forums that are out there, blogs, Facebook groups, there's a ton of IU groups where fans are just crazy acting on there about what they have to say. And now it's real-time reaction. You not, not only have a forum after a game to go share your thoughts, but in the middle of a game, after every play, you can make a comment. And people are just quick to be done with somebody. You're quick to just totally bash somebody. Some of it maybe is handled with some cooth. And so a lot of it that I see or, you know, run across is not. But it just seems like we're in a time. It's not just basketball. This is a, a world discussion. But, my goodness, the reaction, the social media reaction, these players, these coaches, they take a beating. And I was thinking last night as that game unfolded, and it was clear Indiana was not only going to get beat, but they were going to get blown out. I thought, why do these kids, these players, why do they even have social media accounts? I know they're kids. They want to interact with friends, and they want to build a, a, a audience for NIL purposes and so forth. But uh, why do these kids even want to go through that? Uh, win or lose, good or bad, constant criticism, and obviously the same for Mike Woodson. He's an adult. It's a little different. But th this is a tough time for Indiana. We've seen this before, but we're entering, or entering another time where fans are really, uh, I think, Peed is the word. I can't say the right word, but but peed off is the word. So, yeah, I mean, it's so ingrained in the society now. I mean, Twitter is, I think, great for getting breaking news, and you know, you follow different things on there. If you want financial news, you want you know, news from the team that you cover that you that you like to track. Uh, it's at your fingertips. Do you understand why people are on there? You know. Um, it's just, um, you mentioned that, you know, should these players have social media? You know, there was a time, and it wasn't too long ago, Matt, where I think it was, uh, I know Tom Bezos done this, and I know Patino did it at Louisville, where he, 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 he didn't, uh, I guess, allow, those coaches didn't allow their players on social media during the season, and that, that could never happen now because of NIL, and because just kind of the, the idea that that would be viewed as uh, something that just wouldn't be allowed. Um, you can't, you know, these people are adults and you can't kind of force them to not be on social media. But, um, you know, it, it's just uh, when things go bad, and this isn't just an Indiana thing. I mean, the same thing's happening right now in Kentucky and Louisville and other programs that are struggling. Uh, fans have a quick, outlet to voice their displeasure and um, if players are going to be on there looking at it and responding that just is uh, I just don't think is a, is a recipe uh, for success for anybody involved because I think there's a respectful way to kind of say things uh, without personally attacking players I mean I think it's fair game to say somebody didn't play well or they need to play better or they need to play better defense uh, you, you can't get personal but also the, the players 
I, I know it's human nature to take things personally. I mean, it's one reason I Matt stopped reading my Twitter replies uh, several years ago um, because you kind of go down that rabbit hole and you can always, you know, find somebody saying something negative about you no matter what it is. Um, so it's just uh, it's just a tough deal. Um, and Indiana is such a fishbowl uh, with basketball. It's the, obviously the sport that people care the most about. Uh, and this season, I think the frustration is higher because of all of the hype leading into the season. And it wasn't just pre, uh, it wasn't just hype from the media. Um, you know, Mike Woodson making a comment like Indiana basketball is the, you know what, uh, that he said at, at Hoosier Hysteria. Uh, and, and Mike Woodson kind of, you know, meeting head on the expectations of winning the Big Ten and talking about it and saying that injuries are an excuse, things like that only just kind of ratchet up fans to uh, get upset when things don't go as planned, and that's that's just how it works. And the only, the only thing that changes this Matt is winning. Um, but there's no, there's nothing else that can happen uh, other than starting to win games that's going to make people happy at this point. That's just the reality of it. Absolutely. Alex Bozich inside the hall. This segment brought to you each week by Todd Coleman's classic furniture with locations in New Albany and Jeffersonville. Um, Alex, kind of getting back to the game last night, um, I want to spend a little time talking about Indiana's defense. I know we started with that, but at one time, I think it was you on this show, I I asked if there was a chance that Indiana could hang its hat on its defense this season. If it could be one of the things that define this ball club when things were going very well early on in the non-conference season. And I think maybe you, you thought that it was, there was improvement needed, but uh, nothing has gotten better. Things are progressively getting worse. Uh, I, I could list off three or four things where you can tell there's confusion and things are not happening correctly out there. Uh, what is going on with Indiana's defense and what can happen to fix it? I mean, I think one thing that's, problematic right now is not having Xavier Johnson. I mean, that's probably an excuse, but he set the tone most of last season at the point of attack in the backcourt defensively. Um, You know, he he obviously played in that Arizona game, but Indiana didn't play well defensively, but he was also out there for the North Carolina game, and Indiana played arguably one of its best defensive games of the season. So, I do think that's part of it, but I, I also think they're are guys who are playing a ton of minutes just right now on the perimeter that don't play particularly well defensively. Jalen Hood-Shifino uh, was Big Ten freshman of the week last week, and on his radio show Monday night, Mike Woodson said basically that, you know, he was happy with the scoring, but he let him know that other things weren't okay with his game. He was talking about the turnovers and the defense. Tamar Bates is a guy that, to me, um, this is nothing personal against Tamar Bates, but you just watch him play on the defensive end, and he's just not in position uh, where he needs to be very often. And uh, there's a lot of missed assignments. It's, it's just not—he's just not good enough on that end of the floor um, right now. Um, so to me, it starts with that, and then um, it breaks down from there. Because if you can't keep the ball in front of you, can't keep guys out of the lane, uh, and you're Overhelping, missing rotations, um, you know, is a little bit different in each game. I mean, Northwestern was they can't stop a straight line drive. But last night, 
it was more, you know, Penn State's playing, you know, three or four guys in the perimeter that can all make three-pointers. And so if a guy gets past you uh, and then you help, uh, it's going to be a three-pointer. In some instances, it's probably just better to let the guy get into the paint and then see if Trace Jackson Davis or Geronimo or somebody can stop him at the rim then collapsing and then letting a guy have a lot of some three-pointer. It's just a major um, deficiency right now in attention to detail and awareness. And uh, you, the Big Ten's too good to uh, to kind of come out with a lackadaisical approach defensively and think you're going to win. Last last season, Indiana grinded out a ton of games. I think it's now five of the last six halves Indiana's played. They've given up 40 points and a half. Uh, they gave up over 80 again last night. It's just uh, a show of, of what this team was a year ago <laughs> uh, defensively, and it's it's going to be uh, tough to overcome if Indiana can't get stopped. I mean, these are the three teams that Indiana just played, Iowa, North, Northwestern, and Penn State. I don't think any of them are going to finish top five or six in the Big Ten, so it's only going to get tougher from here. Absolutely. Alex Bozich inside the hall talking IU basketball and the really tough loss, blowout loss last night uh, in Pennsylvania against Penn State. Uh, Alex, I guess we got to talk about what's ahead uh, for a team that's over here in 2023, a three-game stretch coming up against some of the most solid programs in the Big Ten and teams Indiana has consistently struggled to win against, specifically talking about Wisconsin. Um I don't even know where to go with this. It's it's a really, really tough stretch. Could Indiana go three more games without a conference win? Oh, it's definitely possible if they don't uh, make some some changes. Uh, just to kind of with the... And, and, you know, I, the thing I think that's most frustrating for people, Matt, is it's not that they're loose. I mean, the, the losses are... Um, frustrating, but you look at it, and they're, they're beating themselves in a lot of these games. The Iowa game, you get a 21-point lead on the road. Uh, you know, I don't care if Xavier Johnson's out or Ace Thompson is third grade in the game. you got to win that game. And, you know, that reminded a lot of people of last season at Wisconsin when they blew that big game. That, that, that's just, that just can't happen. Then you come back, come back home and play Northwestern, and you spot them 17 points, um, and then you have the Try to fight and claw back and get in the game, and, and you can't can't get over, um, you know that that big early deficit. That you know is concerning to people. And then last night, just to look totally unprepared uh, to play defensively, I, I think it's frustrating for people. So now you look forward to Saturday, and you got Wisconsin coming in. They just lost a, a home game to Michigan State. They're very desperate for a win. Um, and they're disciplined, and they're not going to beat themselves. So Indiana has to come out with a much uh, stronger approach mentally and also just kind of be a lot more tenacious uh, on both ends of the court or the results aren't going to change. And, and you're right, Matt. I mean, it's not – none of these teams are, are unbeatable that they're playing. I mean, you look at the Big Ten, I mean, Purdue obviously – the class of the league, I think, at this point. Uh, they're the most proven team. But none of these teams are unbeatable um, if you play up to your capability. I mean, the injuries obviously play a factor in it. I just think it's the way that Indiana is playing and the way that they're 
losing these games. It's more concerning uh, than just going to be. It's one thing if you go out, you play really well, and another team just outplays you and, and beats you. But when you beat yourself by not paying attention to the small details, I think that's something that just really speaks to something. <laughs> excuse me, being wrong with. Uh, the approach from the players and also uh, the coaching just not being good enough at this point. Alex Bozich inside the hall. A couple texts from the text line, if I can get it pulled it up here, uh, that I think will take us through the uh, end of the uh, segment. Uh, this is a tough one. Uh, Alex, what changes would you make if, if you were the coach? You may have just touched on a couple of those things, but anything immediately come to mind? Yeah, I mean – it's easy to say, like, play the guys at the end of the bench that aren't playing at all. Um, you know, I think there was famous in a game where I think Bob Knight kind of emptied the bench. Was that Minnesota, I think, in the end? was getting blown out a long time ago, and it's kind of like just said, hey, well, I'm just going to empty the bench and let these guys play if you're not going to give the effort. I don't necessarily think that's the solution, um, but... At some point, you know, if you're playing a guy 25, 30 minutes a game and they're not stopping anybody, you have to try something different. Uh, how could it be any worse? So I, I, I just think uh, it's, a, it's a tough situation because you also are at risk of losing the locker room and losing players if you just take a negative approach at all times. I mean, what, what good is there really to talk about uh, in these last couple of games for Indiana? They've got to figure out a way to generate some positive energy for themselves. And uh, it's going to be tough to do Saturday because I can just tell you, uh, coming off three losses with Wisconsin coming into town, it's going to be a weird energy in assembly hall. Indiana gets off to a bad start. Uh, it could go sideways real quick in terms of the crowd. Indiana's got to be able to come out in the game and, and give the, the fans a reason to get back in the game, to get behind them. Um, and I don't know exactly what the adjustment is to do that, but I think it, it, it starts with a, a sharper uh, approach uh, from a mentality standpoint and just more focus and better preparation. I mean, you could talk about a game plan all you want and not following it. Well, it's up to the coaches to figure out a game plan that the players can follow and execute. To me, that's, it's as simple as that. Alex Bozich inside the hall, our guest talking IU basketball. Of the next three games coming up, is there one that you think is the toughest because of maybe they're surging right now or maybe it's just not good matchups for Indiana? No, I mean, they're, I mean, they're all hard. Um, none, I mean, Wisconsin, like I said, Wisconsin's not going to beat themselves. Illinois is talented. And I think the next one after that is what Michigan State at home. Correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong, Matt. I mean, Michigan State is... That's a mentality. You play Michigan State, that's a mentality game. Uh, they're not, they don't have world-class talent, but you know what they're going to do? They're going to play their brand of basketball, and they're going <clears> to <throat> grind you for 40 minutes. And if you're not ready to meet that challenge, you're going to lose. That's, that's just, it's as simple as that. I mean, that's, to me, um, looking at this team right now, I just don't think they're tough-minded and, and mentally uh strong enough uh, to go through adversity. It's one thing uh, when things are going well and you're making shots to be able to, to beat and bury an opponent like they did in North Carolina. But when you hit some adversity in a game, how do you respond? And the overwhelming body of evidence right now with this team is that they're not going to respond well. I mean, I can give you countless examples, Matt. When they played at Rutgers, they were without Taylor Hood, Shafino. They only scored 48 points, though. And Rutgers 
brought that toughness, and Indiana didn't respond to it. Arizona came out offensively, and Indiana couldn't stop them. It was like a runaway train uh, that, that Indiana just had no way of slowing it down. I mean, you can go every loss. There's something with adversity in that game that Indiana didn't respond to. And until that changes, until you can dig down deep inside and say, hey, we're not going to – we're going, to let, we're going to make this stop happening. It's going to continue to happen. So uh, to answer your question, it's kind of a long-winded response, Matt. I think all three, three of these games are teams. If Indiana plays well and connected as a team, they'll give themselves a chance to win. But if they come out with the, kind of the same approach that we've seen um, recently, they could easily lose all three. Yeah, good stuff. Alex Bozich inside the hall, always with us Thursdays. Alex, thank you. Have a great day. Absolutely, Matt. Have a good one. Hopefully uh, next week maybe we'll have something a little bit more fun, more positive to talk about. But, <laughs> hey, you know what? Indiana fans, they you're not going to sneak one past them. They know they watch the game. They know what's going on. And it is what it is right now um, until it changes. And that's up to the guys in the locker room. Not, not, nothing we, we say, nothing a fan says is going to change that. That's just the bottom line. So thank you, Matt, and talk to you next week. Absolutely. Alex Bozich, InsideTheHall.com. You can read a lot of coverage there from him and his team from last night's game. The segment with Alex brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, where you can save 25% during their pre-grand opening sale at all three locations, two in downtown New Albany and their newest location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. You know, Alex uh, touched on something there that made me think of a conversation I had last night. Dugan Ryan, who for years was the owner of this station, he's still the general manager of the Big X. You know, I think we've been doing this show, and Alex is right. He's been with me, except for vacations and maybe a few illnesses. He's been with me just about every week for eight or nine years. I was trying to go back last night and figure out when we started this daily show. And, of course, it does well as a podcast. I appreciate the regular listeners we have to the radio show. Uh, it was right in the middle of a football season. It was in, like, late October, if I remember correctly. Uh, but when we started the show, we know the passion for high school sports and for IU here in southern Indiana that was being underserved on the radio and really in general with coverage. And so even though Indiana at that time was struggling a bit, both football, of course, and basketball, you you start this show with the hope that, you know, Indiana eventually, even if it's just for a year or two, is going to have you know a couple really good runs or maybe make it to the Final Four and um, you know the fans. This this would be a good central daily point to to talk about all this stuff and to communicate about all this stuff. But it's really never happened. There have been ups and downs. Football had a really good season. It made you hopeful that was going to continue or build up on that didn't obviously. And basketballs had a few bright spots here and there. But really, it's been a, a lot of tough conversations and a lot of tough things, a lot of coaching changes. If you think about the three coaches going back to Coach Cream uh, in the span of this show. So maybe one day, and I thought maybe this would be the year that we got to to really uh, enjoy this thing and, and uh, see Indiana do some special stuff, but I, I'm not so sure at the point we're in here of the season. Also, another text I wanted to mention, this is from uh, Butch. He says, uh, don't forget Penn State coach Micah Shrewsbury once played in the Jeffersonville Youth Basketball League when he was in third grade. That was before his dad was transferred to Indianapolis. So I know I've mentioned before Coach Shrews, who we've actually had on this program before, uh, his connection to Southern Indiana and Jeffersonville. 
and Hanover College and, of course, the state of Indiana as a high school player and as a college coach. Uh, obviously, he's deeply rooted here in, in our state and even in southern Indiana. There is no question about that. And, uh, Butch, I appreciate the text. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back and wrap things up for the day. You're listening to a Thursday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back. Real quick segment here to wrap up this Thursday show. Just a reminder, if you can't catch us live, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts, and you should find us there. And again, whether you're live on the radio at 11 a.m. with us or you listen uh, somewhere out of the area as a podcast listener, we're just glad you're with us, and let's hope things improve for IU basketball so we can have some fun chats as we get closer and closer uh, to the NCAA tournament. Surely this Indiana team will be able to rebound enough to make the tournament, but you just never know with things. Uh, Another text on the Thornton's text line, do you think Mike Woodson is the right man for the job or too early to tell? I got that after we had already signed off with Alex. My answer is too early to tell. Um, There have been some things that have made me very hopeful for him. And then, like all of you, I'm sure as, as a fan or somebody, I don't consider myself a, a genius or anything like that when it comes to understanding college basketball or X's and O's or how to build a program or all the things that go on behind the scenes. But there have been some things that are concerning, uh, for sure. Uh, but he's a man that loves Indiana. I believe that. He's a man with a lot of experience in the world of basketball. Uh, from top to bottom. So I think it's way too early to know on that, but I get the point. I get the question, and uh, there's a lot of people that are sounding off on that right now, fans that uh, I don't think have any clue at all that uh, have strong opinions on Mike Woodson. But we'll uh, wrap it up for today. Don't forget Jeff New Albany girls tonight at Johnson Arena. Uh, Jeff the favorite, but we'll have the broadcast beginning at around 7.15 or so tonight from Jeffersonville High School. So join us for that. Floyd Central and Jeff Friday. Jeff Providence on Saturday. A lot of Red Devil stuff this weekend here on the Big X. Back with you Friday here tomorrow with our show. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison.